Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of So Then What Happened. We have an amazing guest here who I snatched from Twitter. Okay, how awesome is that? We have Gina Bloom, who is a comedian and writer, and she's currently in LA. So give it up for Gina. And tell us a little bit about yourself, girl. Well, uh, like Stacy said, I am a comic and writer. Um, and uh, I have been bouncing around the entertainment industry in various incarnations for quite a while. <laughs> um, I am a transgender lady, and uh, I wanted to talk about what I, my attempts to make it before I transitioned and they're pretty fucking horrible. Like, it's, wow. I mean, they're not horrible in the sense that they're, like, traumatizing. They're really pretty goofy mm-hmm. for the most part, but, like... They shouldn't have um, happened. They're just things that shouldn't have happened, basically. Yeah, gotcha. yeah there's there's a couple. There's, 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 they're just dumb. <laughs> people in entertainment are dumb. Agreed. That's what I found out. A lot of them, a lot of people who elect themselves as gatekeepers are just dumb. Um... And that, uh, that, that's, that's my accumulated wisdom. I've skipped to the end. <laughs> and that's all we have. Thank you. Goodbye. No. <laughs> that's all we have. Everyone's fucking done. There you go. That's it. Great. So, unfortunately, let's get started with the, I guess, the first story you'd like to share. And this is, is this like audition based? Because you said when you tried to make it. So, is it an audition thing or? No. So, um, what I was doing before I became a performer, uh, before I transitioned, I didn't really feel comfortable, you know, presenting a public self. Like, I was just a, a writer or a film producer or something that I could do behind the scenes, behind a computer, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, before all of that, I was fancying myself as a writer and independent film producer, and this is mostly about uh, stuff that I did uh, in independent film um, back when I lived in LA the first time. So, um, I want to tell one really quick story, and then I'll get into you know a somewhat longer one. Okay. So we were making this movie, and we had done it, and we had gotten um, all the way through production. We shot it, and it wasn't for a whole lot of money, but it was for more money than we had in our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. There was there was a comma involved in the amount of money that nice. we had spent. So um, we got. We got the thing in the can, as they say, and we were out of money to do all of the posts, the editing, and all that good stuff. Okay. And right around that time, my father passed away. Oh, my condolences. Uh, it's okay. It's been a it's been a little while, but thank you. Okay, good. And so, so you know, as the producer and writer, I, I the, sort of the managing producer, I I, I just sort of took. You know, took my space to go and like deal with my grief and then the end of logistics, you know, the parent dies, you, you're kind of the one that's in charge of all of the things. My mom was in no condition to take care of stuff. So it was me and basically my sister that were doing all of the, all of the work of, you know, taking care of the arrangements. Right. But then, and while that was going on, there was an argument between the director and the financier about how much about how we spent the money. And then they didn't know what to do because I wasn't there to referee between them mm-hmm. anymore because I had to go deal with my dad's funeral arrangements. So anyway, so fast forward a few days later, there, the funeral happens, right? Mm-hmm. We're at the funeral. 
I give, I, I'm giving the speech in memoriam of my dad. And, you know, people are crying and it's emotional and my mom is like, just a, she's a Filipino lady. Mm. So she's just a, a mess because, you know, Catholics are, are messy grievers, and Filipinos <laughs> especially. And, and it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. So then, but at the funeral, because they were somewhat family relations, was the the money guy and his dad, who was the real money guy, to be quite honest. But, mm-hmm. um, and they corner me at my own father's funeral, and they're like, What? <laughs> yeah, I know, it gets worse. They're like, what's this about you needing more money? And uh, I'm like, well, I need more money. Like, I'm shot Wait, wait, I'm so, so these men came to your father's funeral, of course not with the intent yeah. to show respect and grieve or whatever. They came here to basically shake you down. To shake me down, yeah. Wow. Okay, so then what happened? <laughs> at the church, right? And I pulled them into one of the little little church conference rooms. And I sit them down, and I'm like, this is what happened. We shot this movie. We shot it for next to no money. You're used to, you made, you last made movies 15, 20 years ago. Right. The economics doesn't apply anymore. And we actually shot the movie for less money than you used to shoot money for back in, like, 1980s, which is fucking insane. Think about it. <laughs> With inflation and all that. So you're complaining to me about $5,000 that I need to purchase hard drives and like, you know, like, you know, whatever, a couple other things. So this is basically just for editing, all the post-production, because everything else is done already. Yeah, yeah, everything is done. This is for editing, and then, like, we had a distribution deal in place. So when you get a distribution deal, the distributors give you a bunch of things that they want, but, like, regioning and closed captioning and all this other stuff. And all that stuff costs money. Of course. Um, <laughs> it costs less now because you can just have apps do it. But, you know, back in 2007 when I was doing this the first time, you, you still had to pay a little bit of money for it. It turned out to be about five grand. Mm. And they were, and they were already, and they're already in for like, you know, 80, 90. And they're just, they're nickel and dining at my father's funeral for five grand. Right. And then I just shamed them. I'm like, this is my, I just, I just buried my, fucking dad out there you saw me out there my mother out there and I'm like if you don't give me that money then then, then this movie's not going to get the fucking dime and by the way you still need to pay for insurance and that's another five thousand dollars and so I came out with ten thousand dollars after that <laughs> you, you basically handed them their ass and they realized oh yeah we're we're kind of being dicks right now let's just cough yeah, up the money yeah. they're, they're being assholes and, and they don't understand that and they have plenty of money I can't believe this is no. not just at your father's funeral, but in the church, no less. And I am not a religious person sure. by any means, yeah. but like in the church, not even the parking lot, in not even, church. you know, the reception after at the, yeah. at the restaurant or at the house, the freaking church, man. Wow. No boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But that all worked out. You got the money you got it done. Is that a project you that's out or was it, is it something you want to talk about or, or is it just like, all right, yeah, it's that's done. Out. That's out. That's Actually, you know, it was out. It played. On, it was on Stars for a few years. It's a movie called Andre the Butcher. It's a terrible horror film, and it's nothing to really brag about. Oh, Andre yeah, the Butcher! Know. I know that. Go, awesome. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. That was fine. <laughs> um, and, that's, and that's how we finished it. So yeah, so that that got done. 
and then you know becomes a whole other thing after that but like that at least we got in the can release and out to the public but uh, another story I wanted to talk about was a movie that actually um, we were working on before that but didn't get made and uh, we were living in LA my my partner and I my my co-writer and I my production partner and we had written this thing that was like it was it was our is basically our like, you know, our college script. We went to college together around the, well, not together, but around the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so we developed a script in college, and we we're like, all right, we're we're gonna be, you know, we're, we're gonna be all tours. It's based on this thing. And we hooked up with these guys. We moved to LA the day after I graduated college. Moved to LA, and we found these guys that worked in the film business, and like. They were, they were like, oh, we read your script. It's great. We we know. It sounds like bullshit because it is bullshit. <laughs> of course. We know. I, I, there's one guy. There's two guys. And, and fuck them. I'm going to say their first names because no one knows who these people are beyond their first names. Nick and Greg. I don't have the energy to give them pseudonyms because they suck so much. Gotcha. Nick and Greg sound like some <laughs> basic ass names anyway. <laughs> there are some basic fucking names, yes. So, so Nick was, Nick was the money guy, and there's only the money guy, and there's an ops guy, right? There's a money guy, and there's a guy that knows the guy. So Nick was the money guy who drove, who, who was a, the president, I should say, of the Miami Porsche Owners Club. Give you an idea what this guy was like. <laughs> you deal with some interesting people. You're not just dealing with, like, like... I mean, I don't want to say regular people in the industry because I don't even think that's a thing. But like, you you are definitely dealing with some some outliers. It seems yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. This, these are these, yeah. So I'm saying when you said like told horse, I'm like I can't. Fucking, I have so many of these. I I have more than you can imagine. You know what that means, guys? Um, she will be on here for like a part two, three, four, and five. But we'll start with the <laughs> for now. There's, yeah, there's 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 so many. Mm-hmm. Even even now that I'm dealing, even now that I'm a performer, there's still so many. Anyway. Um, so Nick and Greg meet up with my writing partner and I, and we meet Greg, and Greg is, Greg is like a, he's a crew guy, he's like a union guy, but he, but he's like worked his way up to like the top of the middle, so now he wants to get into producing, and then Nick is his buddy from, I guess the Porsche Club, I don't know how the fucking thing, they told me one time I wasn't paying attention. And, um... So Greg is the guy that knows Nick, and Nick is the guy that supposedly, in theory, it sounds like bullshit because it is, knows one of the crown princes of Saudi Arabia. Oh, sure. They went to high school together, I bet. They're friends. What do you mean? <laughs> no, he tells, he tells the story. And it and like even then, even though we're like just kids straight out of college, like this story sounds a lot like bullshit to me. Right. He's like, Nick's like, let me tell you how I met the prince. This is what he says. He called him the prince. Let me tell you how I met the prince. The prince and I go way back. I met the prince when I was when I was running um, this custom audiovisual whatever company mm-hmm. in Miami, and the prince had a house, and he bought a movie theater to put in his house. And he needed to have like the sound system hooked up. He didn't understand how to have the sound system hooked up. Then he wanted a universal remote. They didn't make universal remotes back then. So they had to come up with this thing that had wires coming out of it that came through the center of his couch. <laughs> Apparently, Nick was the guy that set all of this up. Genius that he is. And this guy, you know, 
this guy is a fucking idiot, by the way. There's no way on earth he... He did any of that. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he, wrote up, he wrote up the order and the paperwork and maybe billed it. That's probably it. If, if, if this ever happened, anyway. Right. <laughs> if it's a true story at all. Right. It isn't just some whole... Yeah, it isn't some invention that he came up with to tell people. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he's sitting there with the prince and the prince is like, man, I really want to enjoy this movie. Thank you for setting it up. But you know what would make this movie even better? If, if I had a Cuban cigar, is what the prince told Nick. And then Nick, in his story, he says, I just happen to have two Cuban cigars. Oh, in stop it. <laughs> oh, and he pulls out two Cuban cigars out of his back pocket, and he and the prince watch a movie in this fucking movie theater that he built in Miami and smoke a Cuban cigar. And he even named the, the brand of the, of the cigar not a Cuban cigar. <laughs> Again, you said he wasn't that bright, so obviously he, yes, he couldn't. Exactly, exactly. That's terrible. You can buy these, these, are, these are Romeo and Juliet cigars. They're from Honduras. You can, you can buy them at like CVS. They're, they're nothing. Oh, that's so funny. They they actually, I, when I went to Cuba, they had those um, that brand, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, Romeo and Juliet. Like I was like, what are the odds of this being like... And I remember thinking it was very weird. And look, now I and I would have thought it was a Cuban brand because it was in Cuba. But look, now I know too. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, not a Cuban yeah, brand, folks. They were, they were made in Honduras. The more uh, you know. Because <laughs> like, after the fact, I was like, this, this story sounds like bullshit. So, so I became my own like investigative reporter. Right. Detective and Gina like, on the job. I got it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I had to crack this case wide open. <laughs> anyway, we meet Nick. We meet Greg, we meet Nick, Nick tells us the story about the prince. So those, those are our, our principal characters in, in this tale. And we need, in our estimation, we need a million dollars to make this movie. That's the way that, that's the number we came up with to get the actors we wanted, to get to shoot it in the way that we wanted to do it. We need a million dollars. And then Greg's, we meet Greg first. Actually, there's another guy named Andy. He's a college classmate of of Phil's, I'm not telling you this stuff just goes on forever. <laughs> Phil being my, my co-writer. I'm mm-hmm. not leaving Andy out of it because he, he's boring. Okay. So Andy introduces us to Greg. Greg says, okay, you guys are cool. I'm going to introduce Nick. Like, okay, you guys are cool. I'm going to take your project to the press. That's how, that's how, that's how Hollywood works, baby. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then so what happened? You met fun. Nick, Greg, and Andy. You got your million dollar budget. So, so then what happened? Nick, how? <laughs> so then what happened? Alright, so we've alright, so here it comes. We've been building up toward this forever and ever. There's, there's telephone games being played. Andy says Greg needs to talk to Nick, and then Nick will talk to the prince, and then the prince will talk to Nick, and then the money will be there. And we're all sort of bouncing around and then they come back with script notes and they're like, But we need you to fix this in the script. Before we can talk to the prince, we need you to add this to the script. So we're making script notes based on what they think the prince will want mm-hmm. out of the film. Okay. This goes on for six months. This goes on for six fucking what? months. Is that normal? I, I don't know enough I, to know, but six months sounds like a long time. It's a long time to not get paid for anything. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. I'm 24 years old. I know no better. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, we're going back and forth with that. And and we start we start giving shit to Andy. I'm so mad at Andy at this point because he's constantly telling us it'll be next week, guys. Next week we'll get the money next week, and it never happens. Mm-hmm. 
and we invite Andy over to our apartment because Bill and I lived together at the time. We invite Andy over to our apartment and we're playing like fighting video games. Okay. You know, we're just we're just being we're just being bros. Being bros. We have got some beers. You know, the, the PlayStation, whatever. And we're playing, like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat, whatever. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's got to be, like, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, we're playing, we're playing one of the Mortal Kombat games, and Andy's there. And, like, and Andy and I already don't like each other. And, like, so Andy sits down, and he picks up the controller and says, you want to you you challenge me to a game? And I'm like, yeah, fucking Andy, I'll challenge you. To a game. <laughs> and I, you want to challenge him in real life, just knock him out a little bit, I bet. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I I don't know what I'm not. A, I was never a gamer. I don't know what what came over me, but I I lit that dude up for an hour straight on World Combat. What? All of my frustration. I beat him every fight. Awesome. And I turned to him. <laughs> I turned to him after being like the twentieth time in a row. I'm like, where's the money, Andy? Right. And like that was that was it. Then he's like, oh, you know what? I I think I get it. You guys are angry with me. It took him that long. <laughs> and he said, I think I get it. He wasn't even sure if he was I right. Know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, this is, you're, you've lived in L.A. You know what this is. You know what L.A. is like. You yeah. see all those, like, movie bros. Mm-hmm. And you wonder what, what happens in their lives. And you're like, how do these guys, how, how do these young movie bros get it? What are their lives like? Mm-hmm. That's what their life is. That sad. <laughs> What you just told me, broing on the couch, playing Mortal Kombat, wondering where the money is. Right, what I just told you is happening in in one bedroom apartment all over (laughs) the greater LA area, everywhere. I believe it, a thousand percent. I promise you. Throw throw a rock down like Westwood Boulevard and you'll hit like four of these guys, I promise you that. Um... Anyway, that was going on. So Andy's like, "All right, fine. We're gonna, we're gonna have we're gonna have a meet. We're gonna have a meet. We're gonna meet up at Greg's house, and we're gonna go on the lake, and we're gonna have a meet, and we're gonna get the money. We're gonna hash it out." Why does this sound like someone's going to die? Why are we going on the lake? What's it like? This sounds like some. This sounds like a movie. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so that, so that's that's the thing. I go on the lake, hash it out. So Phil and I are we're getting up. We we have to go from LA to Palmdale, where we lived. We lived on the west side of LA in like Palm. Then we have to go to Palmdale, which listeners don't know. That's that's north no, of that's Los Angeles. Super, that's like yeah, going upstate when you're in New York, basically. Like you're going up. Yes, yeah. Yes. Exactly. You're going way up there. So we're going way up to Palmdale, which is at the the outer edge of what was called the greater LA area north as you can get still be considered part of LA yeah kind of and then from there was that then we go to, to Greg's house in Palmdale and he will drive us a, a further hour and a half all the way up to Lake Buena Vista which is apparently north of Palmdale I didn't know that but apparently that's where it is <laughs> I didn't know um, there was a lake up there either so there's a Lake Buena Vista and it's nowhere near Burbank oh there you go gotcha okay <laughs> which is where which is where the Burbank Disney Studios are that called so like anyway right I sound like I sound like, I sound like the biggest fucking LA right like you bleed LA girl you were just like <laughs> I I know this place better than any other place I know this place better than I know any other place on earth I don't know why I just I understand LA completely 
Well, because you had a bro life, you know, you were you were going, you, you had to beat up people yeah. in games and find out where the money was. You had a lot going on. Exactly. I, I yeah, I, I, I've walked these, I've walked both sides of these streets of L.A. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we got the meeting at the lake, and of course, I need to know. Yeah. So, so then, what happened at this lake? <laughs> okay, so we get up, we get up way fucking early in the morning because we got to go to fucking Palmdale, which is a three-hour drive from L.A. So we get up six o'clock in the morning, get leave at seven, get the get to Palmdale by ten, and then. Um, we get up to, you know, Nick's house and fucking, or Greg's house rather, and Nick isn't there and we can't go in there without Nick. So Nick's like an hour late. So we're spending like an hour just hanging out with Greg in his stupid house in Palmdale, right? <laughs> okay. And, and so, so, here, so here's where it started to get fucking gross. So Nick and, Nick and Phil, the director and the frustrated key grip that wants to be the, the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. They never like each other. As much as, like, Andy and I never liked each other, and Nick and Phil never liked each other. Oh, so this this project was just destined for greatness. <laughs> yeah, was, I have no idea why we even thought this was even worth doing. So, um, so, so, uh, and Nick, Greg, there's so many generic assholes in the Greg, Greg is, Greg is making fun of Phil because he fails to bring, like, trunks, right? Oh, come on. We're going on a boat. We're, We're we a said boat. the lake, bro. You should know you need to bring yeah. some... Oh, come on. Yeah, he should be getting made yeah, fun of. exactly. Right. So, so Phil's in there in jorts. No trunks. And then Greg's like, you can't go on the boat without trunks, dude. <laughs> so he goes and he gets himself... A pair of, so Greg departs, comes back with a pair of his own trunks, the lens is the one, they're too big, because Phil's a little Filipino dude, and Greg is this big, portly, also Filipino dude, mm-hmm. and, um, so he tries on, on, so demeaning, I'm so happy it didn't happen to me, <laughs> he tries on, um, he's like, dude, try on my trunks, and so he has to, in his mind, I guess, this is what I have to do to get the money, so he's in the middle of Greg. Fucking asshole's kitchen. <laughs> Trying on these swim trunks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they're too big, and they don't stay up. And then Greg's just sitting there, like, like just, I don't know what he's doing. He comes behind Phil and starts like pretending to hump him. Like this is like it's what? So, so it then becomes like a Me Too thing, right? Where he's like sexually harassing my writing partner. Yeah, this is. That took yeah. a turn. I was not expecting this at all. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting in this story, but that? What? Oh, yeah. It, took a, it takes a weird turn, dude. It takes a weird fucking turn. That's and so, so that's happening. And in the middle of all of this, like, you know, getting humped for money that doesn't exist, and it pops, it pops fucking Nick. We can all go to the lake. Oh, Nick. Yeah, good old Nick. And... I mean, did you guys even want to go to the lake after that? Like, I would definitely be, like, the last thing. We didn't want to go at all. Like, Bill and I would, would break off and just, like, just rage toward each other. Just, like, rage about all of them. Like, why, why is Nick an hour late? Why is Greg fucking humping me? Why is, why is Andy such a, yeah. such a loser? How do, so, we get, how do we get into this mess? So you had, like, a, a venting buddy. You had, you had that, like, to keep you kind of yeah, grounded. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we had a venting buddy. So, so we had each other, at least. Uh, so the next shows up, we go to the lake and we and we just we just 
was around this lake, and we're just fucking miserable. And it's just, it's just Greg and Andy just giving each other like rides on the boogie board all afternoon. Mm-hmm. And like, not, the rest of us don't want to be there. Right. Nick's smoking his his stupid ass cigars. His fake Cuban cigars. His, his fake Cuban cigars, and then and with his stupid sunglasses, with his stupid Porsche branded sunglasses. I'll never forget. That's crazy. I've never. I didn't and even know that was like, a thing. He had the Porsche T-shirt and the Porsche brand sunglasses. This guy was so proud of his Porsche. Oh god. Uh, which wasn't even new. It was like, a, it was like you know, it was like a, it was like whatever, ninety-three or something like that. Oh, he's a little like, like a little collector. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like a yeah. Honda. <laughs> like when someone has their ninety-nine Honda that they won't let go. <laughs> exactly. Yes, classic Honda. Right. Whatever. Anyway, so. We spin around on this lake for, until the sun goes down. No one talks about money. Uh-huh. And then we get back to fucking Greg's house. And then we just sit down and we're like, all right, where's the money? Right. And then Nick turns and looks at Greg and he's like, you guys expect me to get the money? Oh my God. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we're like, why are you here? Oh. He told us you know the prince. He I, can give you a million dollars anytime you want. Why have we been talking for six months? I can, I, like, I'm happy you can laugh at it, right? Like, because it's over and, you know, it's your story. But, like, I, my blood is boiling. Yeah. I am infuriated for you. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so, yeah. And I, I hate to end on an anti-climax, but, like, that was the day we drove home furious. And then, uh, like, maybe two weeks later, we had, uh, you know, then Phil and I just blew up. Um, and then two weeks later, we had another meeting where Nick and Greg were supposed to come to L.A. and watch, like, a trailer that we shot, mm-hmm. basically. Okay. Because they're like, well, we had nothing to show. Like, well, we, have, we shot this trailer, we can edit, we have it in two weeks for you. So we shot, we took our footage and we shot our test footage, made a trailer out of it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Nick and Greg show up and we have these little like pizza box and a little pizza party uh, for all of us, the five of us again. And then Nick's like, all right, here's what I can do. I can't talk to this prince, but I know another prince. (laughs) Listen, when when we're done with this episode, I need Nick's last name because I want to punch him in the face. Like this guy. Are you kidding me? There was there was a backup prince, so we had to go. So he's like the backup. We had to go to the other prince. He's he's a, he's a lesser prince of Saudi Arabia. And then, then of course we're done. We're like fuck it. I don't oh my god, Andy, fuck you. I don't, I don't. I, we're done. And we basically fired them all that night. I'm That's like, terrible. Then, yeah. How long did this go for? Because, I mean, you're talking about the six months of editing, like, on just the script alone. So how long did this all go on for? The lake, the editing, I mean, the... This was, this was the better part of the year. Oh. I say that I arrived, I arrived in L.A., like, around the start of the year. hmm And then we went through all of that and then basically found 15 grand to shoot, like, a different movie. Mm-hmm. And that all, and that process took an entire year. And we left because we only had fifteen grand. We went back to Florida and shot that movie instead. Gotcha. And then we ended up staying in Florida for years and years until this other movie came together, which is where the guys that 
invade my father's funeral comes from. But anyway, all of that takes place like between the day I graduate college and you know, and like whatever the completion of that second movie. Goodness gracious! That yeah, that was a year. That was a year of my life, and there there was so much other shit, dude. I I Daisy, I can't even tell you. Like there was a. We knew a guy that was a producer of one of the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. and all he wanted to do, we met with him to finance this movie, and all he wanted to do was brag about how he once hooked up with Catherine Zeta-Jones, and like, you're gross, dude. Like, I what is wrong with this one knows a prince, he's got a backup prince, this one slept yeah. with so-and-so, this, like, what is this right. fake, that, but it's LA, the fake, hum, the fake humble it's, brag. It's, the fake humble brag, dude, I have lunch with Ray J. Alright. Remember him? Yeah. I had lunch with this guy. Was he was he gonna do some acting stuff? You gotta do the acting stuff so that we could get Snoop Dogg because they're cousins somehow. Oh. And so that we could get money off out of having Snoop Dogg in this movie. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Like, look I at had that. lunch with Ray J to get the Snoop Dogg to get to money and all Ray J did was he sat in the back of this of um I think it's the restaurant Toast in mm-hmm. West Hollywood. You sat in the in the in the back of Toast on the patio with a pair of sunglasses and attempted to order food that was not a menu. Like <laughs> what? Again, you deal with some. And I I would have never. I mean, I, I think I always knew Ray J was interesting, but I would have never. No, again, never would have guessed that you you've you've gotten me again. I just <laughs> you seem to bring the weird out of people, no? <laughs> I do. So that's, those are some of my horror stories from independent film. Just some. Do you have, like, we have, I mean, if you want, do you have a comedy horror story now? I just, I feel like I just want to hear more. I mean, we could save it for another episode, but I'm, I'm hooked now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're hooked. Yeah, you're, you're in there. Gosh, comedy. Um, yeah, dude, it's not, I mean, I have a, I have a story of triumph. Sure. Um, you, 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 you want to flip the script? Yeah, we're like we're gonna flip the script. We got two horrors and a triumph. Let's end on a good note. Why right. not? <laughs> All right. Let's do a triumph. Let's do a triumph. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm living in New York. I'm doing the stand-up thing. I've transitioned to live in my lady life, and I come back a year ago last Christmas. I guess like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to hang out with my friend, uh, who is like a, he, she's like um, she's like a a Hollywood kid, you know, her, her parents, and I'm going to respect her and not say which famous people she is, but she's a child of, of like, famous people. So I'm staying in her Beverly Hills mansion with, uh, that her mother owns, and that's fucking great. I'm like, I've never stayed in Beverly Hills mansion before, so I'm already, like, loving L.A. again. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's also a stand-up, so she gets us uh, a gig at... Um, at the Sycamore Tavern in West LA, right? Okay. Uh, so we so we do a gig at at the Sycamore, and she's like, "I'm inviting some friends of mine uh, to come." She didn't really tell me who they were. They'll they'll probably be drunk and rowdy. <laughs> at least at least she gave me that yeah. heads up, right? <laughs> yeah, she gave me the heads up. But, but they'll be good natured about it. They'll be drunk, but they'll be they'll be happy. They'll be they'll be high as fuck. They'll be drunk. They'll be ordering food, and they'll be great audience members all of them are they're good people gotcha so we do the show and I meet this old man briefly I don't you know what he, he 
I should say old, older man. Um, and he just, he looks like this hippie. He looks like some zonked out hippie. <laughs> he's like a friend of my friend. He's like, oh, he's a cool guy. He's fine. He orders, he orders a bunch of chicken wings for the table. And he's like, well, you're a friend of hers. You're a friend of mine. Right. You, were, you ordered wings. You're a friend of mine. That's, I'm already sold. I like this guy. Yeah. Good. I hope yeah. he's, I hope he doesn't take yeah. a turn, but I like him so far. <laughs> so I have no, I don't care. I don't care who he is. I eat chicken wings. I hang out at the table. I go do my set. I crush. He comes back, or I come back to the table. He's like, you're amazing. I want to have, I want to talk to you. Let's grab breakfast before you leave LA. And I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. I just thought he was a nice little guy, like get more free food out of him. I'm talking to my friend afterwards. He goes, you know who that guy is, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's the creator of. And I'm hesitant to say it. If, if it's, it's okay if you can't. <laughs> it's an award-winning television show that everyone in comedy fucking knows him up. Gotcha. All right. Well, she says we know. And when she says the right, and when she says the name of this show, I like I have this shit I'm like you are telling me alright fine I'll say it because he's a cool guy Arrested <laughs> Development so he's like the creator of Arrested Development with like yeah with <laughs> like all of these other people with like you know Ron Howard and Mitchell Hurts he's like the third guy yeah uh, and he's like you telling me this guy from Arrested Development just saw me kill on stage he didn't tell me who he was <laughs> and like and like, yeah, and now he's like my friend and like he's hooked me up with all these people in LA and I have this great network because I met him. I had a meeting at Paramount and I just had a meeting at HBO right before the, right before the pandemic. Wow. All because I'm, all because I'm this guy's friend now. Good and for you. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. None See, of that stuff. And, he, he, and we and he sat down and he's like, I can tell that you've gone through it in this business but I can tell that what you're saying now is the truth like that's what I that's what I'm reacting to I've known all these slick Hollywood people my entire career and I don't care about any of them and I think I, if you want to have like a, uh, a a lesson to be taught out of this discussion if you can keep up with everything I said I talk kind of fast no for sure like, honestly like I well I'm, a, I'm from New York also so that it's not even fast to me but I was I think it's great and, no, and I'm I, also Trying to yeah. make sure I slow down and reiterate so the fans can stay with us. But I think, yeah, you're doing fine. Yeah. You're not like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here's the thing. All those years I was dealing with Nick and the two fake princes and Greg and Andy and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I was trying. I was living a life that was fake. I wasn't the right person that I was supposed to be. I was writing things that weren't honest because I wasn't honest. Mm. And then... I go and I just go and I tell the truth for eight fucking minutes on stage a year and a half ago because I am who I am now and I just speak from the heart but I'm funny about it and then this guy who's seen literally everything from like the 1980s onwards he's been in the business that long mm-hmm. and he's like I know you're honest I know you've got what it takes I want to help you out and that's the shit that I didn't know all those years I was you know spent time watching my friend get humped in Palmdale. You know what? It's funny you say because it's it's perseverance because, you know, any of those stories would have probably made somebody else quit and be like, this is not for me. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not doing it. But you did take it as as a lesson. Like you said, now you're living your truth and like you're being honest and now like the best things are happening. Yes. I've made more progress with the exception of the past couple of months because there's no progress being made. But other than the past few months before everything in the world went bad. I made more progress 
in that year, I've been back here. Then in all those years I spent dealing with all those other people. That's amazing. And it is important. Um, I actually find myself and I have a friend who says the same thing because, again, being entertainers, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have a nine to five to pay the bills, but you don't want to get yeah. comfortable in that nine to five. So sometimes things happen, whether the job becomes crappy, you know, shitty, the pay. Right. Sometimes things come up to remind you. It's like, well, you're not supposed to be in this stupid office anyway. So if you could get yeah. to what you're supposed exactly. to be doing, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Gina. We will definitely have you back because I know you have stories for days. Um, where can everyone find I, you uh, <laughs> on social media? Wait, first let me say Gina is spelled J-E-E-N-A, not Gina, G-I-N-A. Yeah. So um, where can people find you on social media? Give me all your websites, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So Twitter and Instagram is where I do most of my stuff, and those are the same handles. It's at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A, B-L-O-O-M. Gotcha. And um, do you have any projects coming up or anything in the past you want us to check out? You mentioned Andre the, um, I'm about to say Andre the Giant. Yeah, yes. Andre the Butcher. I almost said Andre the Giant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Andre the Butcher. Yes, thank yeah. you. Okay. That's one yeah. something you've worked it, it, on. Okay. It does get confusing, but don't worry about that movie sucks. Okay, not like that one. That. Don't watch it because she doesn't want you to hold her to it. That's fine. <laughs> anything it's recent not, or something good. you it's have coming good. up or coming out or anything you I, want us to check out. I have my own podcast, which is, you know, currently um, running right now. It's called Sweet Ladies Guide to Bro Culture, and that's where I have uh, female comics experience, like, guy movies for the first time. <laughs> and then it. we talk about it, and it's fun. Uh, you can find that just you know, go on my socials and you can find links to all of that. Um, I also uh, have a monthly show in the LA area. Obviously, it's been put on the big pause of uh, course. to figure out the coronavirus, but uh, it's called Make It Rain. And we do it online as well. And you can find out about that on my profile as well awesome thank you so much we will definitely have you back to hear a few more stories um and again uh stay safe everyone thank you for coming everyone take your lessons perseverance all that good stuff follow your heart be honest see look we we do a little more than just horror stories we do lessons you know good moral things So this will be up I'm shortly. Find uh, meaning in all of this. There you go. You have to find meaning in everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because yeah. at the end of the day, everything's temporary. So whatever it is, you'll get through yeah. it. Right? Um, so till next time, guys. Thank you, Gina. Thank you.